I have to say that we also saw that local search, you know, really how are people searching has changed, but not in volume, more in what are people looking for. So, for example, people were uh, for sure not navigating to businesses um, as much as, as before the crisis, but a lot of people were um, trying to, to get in touch uh, through calling them or through writing to them uh, with businesses to, to figure out what's happening. Project A Podcast. Hi, this is another episode of the Project A Podcast. Uh, I'm Florian, Florian Heinemann, one of the founding partners of Project A. And today I welcome Florian Hübner. He's uh, the founder and CEO of one of our portfolio companies, Uberal. Uberal is one of our early investments. We already did uh, the investment, I think, in 2013, shortly after the company was launched. And uh, they're in the B2B space, but let, I guess I'll let Florian uh, explain a little bit more what they're doing. And um, we will go in um, a lot more detail of uh, what, especially in the current situation, um, offline retail companies and, and uh, offline points of sale can do um, to uh, get through the crisis in a better way and to benefit from the possibilities that are out there and that Uberall is part of the ecosystem. But I want to hand over uh, the, to, to Florian to briefly explain to us uh, who he is and what Uberall does. Yeah, thank you very much, Flo. Uh, thanks for having me. And, and actually, thanks for also... Uh, you know, working with us since really, yeah, 2013. So um, as you said, my name is Florian. I'm the founder and uh, CEO of Uberall and uh, quickly about myself. So my background is in computer science. Um, I, I worked in algorithm engineering, actually always thought that I'd stay at university probably, but uh, then got recruited into a consulting company, McKinsey, and did that for a couple of years. And with that, I, I moved to Berlin which is uh, an important piece here as uh, Berlin startup scene was uh, such a good catalyst for, let's say, our own entrepreneurial spirit. And at the same time, uh, Berlin has such a vibrant scene of local businesses that we fell in love with and interacted with so much. And so then in 2013, I uh, started Uberall together with my co-founder and oldest friend, uh, David. And um, let's say throughout the years, it's, it's always been about how people use the internet to interact with uh, the world around them and most importantly with businesses around them. And then on the flip side, um, what can businesses do to service this in the best possible way and uh, create uh, new and, and loyal customers through this? And we started with what we then called online presence management. So really literally putting, putting local businesses on the map that's, uh, you know, the, the Google Maps, Bing Maps, um, all sorts of search engines, social media uh, profiles on, on Facebook and Yelp and TripAdvisor and so on. And uh, throughout... Can, can, uh, you, can, can you explain a little bit what kind of businesses are those? Is this like the mom and pop shop or small bakery or is it uh, like the larger ones or who, who's basically using, using your service? Yeah. So, so actually we work with all of them um, simply um, as, as all of them have a need for this, but uh, we chose an approach that uh, segments our go-to market in a way that we work directly with the, the very large brands who maybe own thousands of physical stores themselves. And the more, uh, you know, mom and pop stores uh, we service through 
partners and resellers that oftentimes are hosting companies, telco companies, yellow pages, publishing houses. And uh, we do that throughout the world. So uh, we, we started in, in Berlin and in Germany and then quickly expanded into Europe. And by now uh, we have a big chunk of our business in North America, but also in APEC. And uh, so, so our business uh, is basically roughly 50-50 between uh, like the very large enterprise clients and the very, very small shops around the corner. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, one of the, the big shifts for you guys, and obviously also for the for the businesses you, you work with, has been um, has been mobile. I mean, that basically emerged on the map before the iPhone, but I think the iPhone basically really changed changed the picture here. And that's like 11 years ago, um, and and that really fundamentally changed user behavior. And, and can you explain a little bit of like how like how has it changed user behavior? How does it look like in terms of how people search and people find, uh, especially local services, and and how that kind of you know mingled or interacted with with your your own story or the story of Uberall? I think that's that's important to understand that. Yeah, it's, uh, but but I mean, there's some some very very good points in there already. I mean, I would also very closely link that to to mobile internet really, and mobile internet has become uh, crazy available, uh, not not really directly with the iPhone, but uh, shortly after that, and we can see that since really since 2013, and in in that uh, case, we were we had great timing. Let's say um, the search um, has shifted uh, to people really taking their mobile phone out of their pockets whenever they have a question. And a lot of those questions are for um, locations for specific products and services um, that are around them. And and that's what we call uh, local intent. And in 2019, um, almost 50% of those searches on Google had local intent. And um, I mean, Uh, that's that's a bit more than two trillion uh, searches um, overall, and then you know one trillion searches uh, with local intent, and then 2020 it's probably going to be more. And um, if I, I think you can probably relate to that because you know I know that you're traveling a lot, and I'm, I'm pretty sure you know when when you arrive somewhere, what you do is you take out the mobile phone, and then you look uh, for where can I get the coffee on the way to the conference. And damn, I lost my. Uh, charger on the train or plane where can i buy a replacement and um and then you know you look for a location where is the next uh, taxi stand or something yeah and this is really our everyday life and uh, we are helping businesses to to navigate through this can you can you explain a little bit um uh, basically whether the 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 near me uh, the near me searches or the the local intent searches are they still increasing in share and how has voice influence that like the increased use of, of um, voice has has it also played a role there are people um, basically using more voice-based searches uh, are there statistics for that um, and then how does that interact yeah um, so I, i mean uh, first first of all the nimi search part of search um, as i said you know from from almost nothing in 2013 to to almost fifty uh, percent in 2019 and more than that in 2020 has has grown dramatically and um, I would also claim that it's one of the major catalysts for overall search volume still growing yeah. and um, most of that for sure is coming from mobile and a good chunk of that is also coming from from voice search but actually I think that it's sometimes overemphasized in conversations so we we did some some research and also published a white paper that people can download on our website. And, you know, people had said that 
in, in 2020, half of search will be voice search. And um, I, I think that's simply not going to be the case. It's probably more going to be 12 to 15 percent. Uh, and mm -hmm. um, which yeah. is still huge, but, 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 not, but, but actually, exactly. I mean, it's it's still something that you don't want to miss out on. You know, I mean, we are all uh, working on on you know tightly controlled uh, conversion margins and so on. And if you can optimize for 10, 15 percent of the people, um, it's for sure something that you want to do. Mm -hmm. uh, what would be, I think, great to understand for the audience? I mean, who, who can, who should basically, or who could potentially benefit? from near me searches what kind of businesses are those are those all local businesses are there some kind of clusters that you can point us to um and and, and can you can you give us probably some examples of who's set up right to to benefit from this what what are these companies doing uh, just to to give the audience a little better picture of what they can probably learn for themselves or learn for their companies yeah i mean uh, whilst we still have to do a lot of education what near me brand experience is and and why it is important um we see that a lot of innovative strategies are being developed on top of our capabilities and are being developed by companies in in all industries and, and to name a few examples in hospitality we're working you know with mcdonald's or pizza hut kfc but but also um slightly smaller chains um that, that sometimes um, actually have been using social media for for long um, a lot so in, in germany you might know them for example one uh, one company that i think is doing a really fabulous job there is mitchell's and butlers and they are running the Alex restaurants and there's one here in Berlin at Alexanderplatz, for example. But then, you know, in, in retail, we are working with most of the supermarket chains, uh, also working with really most of the fuel retailers like Total and Shell and BP. And, and they, uh, you can imagine, have thousands and thousands of, of uh, yeah, outlets that they need to manage and that they want to uh, steer better in terms of how they are branding themselves and how they generate customers and, and retain customers and, and also, you know, centrally want to support them in online marketing as you do not want every local business owner or franchisee to, to become a marketeer. We are also in logistics. Uh, Lufthansa is one of our customers, some, some airports or companies like Hellman Logistics who are also active globally, um, DHL. And, and then in, in finance and insurance, working with banks and insurance companies. So, so there's really all industries in there. And um, from, from sizes, um, I mean, I, I named a lot of uh, big companies already, uh, but I, I think that we are also the biggest uh, company bringing small businesses, for example, into the Google My Business environment, yeah, which also speaks a lot to, to the importance of um, yeah, our approach to the whole topic for for the mom and pop shops. And, and what are the, the like concrete things people are doing with you? I mean, they're putting in their opening times, I guess, and and, and I don't know pictures probably that the pictures are present in Google Maps in the right kind of way. What 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 else do people do, and what what are kind of best practices for let's say the the restaurant chain you named named earliest? What are they doing uh, so that you come to the conclusion that they're doing a, a fabulous job, basically? Yeah. So I I, I mean. I, what, what you say is completely right. And uh, then again, that's just the start of, of what people are doing and should be doing with um, our platform. And I would say with regards to Nimi Search in general. So, so it starts with having all your information right. And um, one thing is that this ecosystem 
um, of Nimi Search has developed a lot over the last five years. And while five years ago you were doing well if you had so-called NAP data, which is name, address, and phone number, um, and, and the equivalent to Yellow Pages really uh, visible online, um, then, then you were good. Yeah? But by now it's also about what type of business are you, what are your opening hours, what uh, brands do you do you sell? What payment methods do you accept? What languages do you speak? Uh, where can I see your menu? Where can I book an appointment? Um, and, and so on and so on. And, um, and even if you have all that information present, then it is really also about using this huge organic advertising space, not like the yellow pages, but more like your shop window, you know, where you really adapt to what you're currently doing in store. And when a, when a, you know, fast food chain uh, changes from the, I don't know, Mexican weeks to the Asian weeks, yeah, uh, then, then for sure that should also be reflected in there. Yeah. And, um, I mean, um, after that, uh, there's, there's reputation management. So what do people uh, say about you? How can you, interact with them to turn them into loyal customers? How can you look at this, uh, you know, larger data set to develop strategies on, on how to generally provide more intriguing uh, products and services? And um, also, you know, what can you learn about how your brand is being perceived? And for franchisees, uh, franchise companies, oftentimes interesting, how is your brand lived by, by everybody representing it? Yeah. So, so that's super interesting. And, in, in the end, um, I, I would probably um, sum that up as there's a complete new customer journey in the in the NEMI uh, space, and, and that is, you know, how do you discover a business? How do you decide for where you go? And, and that's really the information that you can see about a business and the perception that you get uh, about how they care about their customers. How can you transact with them? And, and then, uh, you know, there's one piece that for sure is offline when you are in a shop and right after that goes back online. You know, what kind of feedback are you giving to the world about them, to them directly? Um, how can they reach you through online channels to, to interact in the future with you and so on and so on. And it's, it's really, um, you know, that, that there's a lot that people can do uh, besides just putting their, their contact information online. Especially during Corona times. I mean, well, how's, how have things changed for like smaller businesses or, P or POSs, you know, after the end of the lockdown, what are some things that you've seen that, that, you know, these businesses have done to, um, to basically drive demand, um, like back to the stores because I mean, if you look at the frequency statistics right now, depending on where you look and what type of shops you like between a 50% kind of frequency or, or sometimes only 40 from before, uh, I heard that uh, you know some uh, some some are already back up to seventy or, or eighty uh, from from the level before, but but for for sure um, offline uh, retail and also other services offline have lost um, have lost frequency. Um, and uh, are there are there things that you've seen uh, after Corona during Corona uh, where where people have developed smart strategies um, to to drive demand more more to them also during those challenging times. Uh, yeah, and, and absolutely. But let me let me make one one quick detour here. Yeah, because my one thing is people often often ask us, um, you know, how are, how are we as a company doing uh, during these times and. Um, I have to say, you know, my, my colleagues are, are fine in home office, but at the same time, I always find that that answer might be a bit cynical because really a big 
big, big portion of the businesses that we are uh, working for have super challenging times now. Yeah, and, and that is really why we are working almost day and night uh, to, to see how we can help them. And a lot of that is for sure uh, category by category and, and case by case uh, situation. Yeah, because um, as, as I said, you know, we work with uh, most of the supermarket chains and for them, for sure, you know, there's more work. Yeah, I mean, you've seen that. And, and there's a lot of changes in how they service clients and, and all of that has to be communicated. Yeah? And, and then there's others, um, especially, um, you know, the department stores and so on that simply had to close down their, uh, their, uh, their shops. Yeah? And um, in between, there is um, a lot of the hospitality segment where it's really, hey, can I find replacements for people coming into my restaurant? And um, last but not least, for sure, there's, um, you know, the whole medical sector. And, and maybe we can speak about that in a second as well. So, so what we've seen is that there was a big spike in, in usage of our platforms because basically everybody needed to, to communicate to their client base um, what they are doing. And, and as I said, you know, that could go in, in all directions. Yeah. And actually, I mean, to, to the degree that um, some, some customers um, publicly stated that they cut down all their marketing and run communications solely on social media and the overall platform. Yeah. But I mean, first of all, it's really about making sure that all your information is up to date. Um, is your business open? Are there any special regulations? We've seen uh, with some supermarkets like, like Lidl, for example, in Germany, uh, creating elderly opening hours, which I've thought was a very, very clever thing to, to even differentiate in this time and do something good. Yeah. Um, is it, uh, we, we saw businesses that, that needed to communicate that they require customers to make appointments now. And uh, what are especially busy times, what are not so busy times, <laughs> right, right up to the famous, hey, uh, do we currently have toilet paper in stock or not? Yeah. And, and then there's a lot of uh, service offerings that were kind of new. So uh, restaurants starting to do delivery, to do curbside pickups, to give out goodies, to uh, sell vouchers for the future, and so on and so on. And and there's there's really a lot going on. Yeah. Have you seen uh, basically on your end any kind of you know like with with uh, the recovery at least on the in the lockdown sense? Uh, have you seen any like shift back to normal kind of behavior on at least in, on your end already, or is it uh, is it still kind of unusual kind of patterns that that you see in terms of user behavior and and, uh, and reaction? Well, I, I guess we will see in the future if what we currently see is unusual or just the new normal. But um, but but then again, I mean, so I have to say that we also saw that local search. So so. You know, really, how are people searching has changed, but not in volume, more in what are people looking for. So, for example, people were uh, for sure not navigating to businesses um, as much as, as before the crisis, but a lot of people were um, trying to, to get in touch through calling them or through writing to them uh, with businesses to, to figure out what's happening. Yeah? And, and so, so there was, um, you know, a, a slight a uh, slight decrease in traffic, but not crazy much. Yeah? And uh, we are seeing that this is um, getting a bit back to what we saw before the crisis, but, but actually also you can really see in, in the search uh, behavior that right now, and I have to admit I'm one of those, 
there's a lot of people who are not absolutely sure what is allowed now, what's not allowed, who's open, who's closed, uh, what what are the services offered by my restaurants? Can I go there? Can I not go there? Yeah. And and so so really, people are trying to find that information online, and uh, that's that's another spike that we then see on on that side of Nimi Search. Mm-hmm. You you just hinted to to like uh, the special role of the. Um... Uh, of the doctors and, and health-related services, you've, you've also developed a solution there, uh, I think. Uh, can, can you explain a little bit what, what, you, what you are trying to do for, for the health-related services and, and doctors? Yeah, yeah, thanks for bringing that up. So we developed um, a COVID-19 product um, and an initiative uh, which is meant to directly help everyone working in the health sector. And this is really because we were thinking, hey, what it is, what is it that, that we can currently contribute to make the situation uh, better? And it is not an entirely new product, but it's a version of our product that we simply give away for free uh, for everyone who's who's working in the sector. And Uh, we are working on the distribution of this with partners, but um, also simply allow people to sign up via our website. And I, I think we've seen a good response, a great response, maybe even to that. Um, so, some other things happening, you know, some some really quick turnaround times regarding how do people onboard to our platforms, how do chains onboard to our platforms. Um, a lot of initiative also on their side to start things themselves right away. Um, and uh, for me, that's a very interesting reflection on the urgency people are feeling uh, to to get this right. Yeah. However, uh, for, for sure, we would like to do more. So, um, you know, please, if you're listening to this and you know somebody at the front line fighting the pandemic or who might benefit from our offering, please send them our way. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Um, One one thing that's that's not really related to to COVID, but that is more kind of the evolution um, or related to the evolution of of searches in general, but but especially also near me searches or local intent searches, is that people are getting more specific over time. Yeah, I mean the more um, uh, the more that you, you experience in, in searching, and the more that you feel that you're getting good results, the, the more specific you you get. I mean, that's not only a near me search trend, that's or a local search trend, that's a general search trend. That that at least a certain share of um, search queries uh, gets longer and more specific. Um, and 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 one one result of that has been because I mean we talked a lot about the retailers or the restaurant chains or whatever, um, but um, there's also brands now increasingly working with you guys. Although those brands obviously they are uh, targeting customers, but they usually are going through the through an intermediary like like retail um, or like other forms of, of distribution. Uh, what is the use case for brands uh, that, that you've seen, and and uh, how are you servicing that? Yeah, yeah, exactly. While, while we've always worked with enterprise businesses. Uh, with very large numbers of physical stores, we in the last year, one and a half years, also started to work with brands directly that do not have uh, their own stores at all, but whose products are sold in brick and mortar stores or whose services are uh, provided in brick and mortar stores. And uh, you probably are aware that brick brand, big brands, such big brands, are spending a ton of marketing dollars on supporting their retailers' marketing. Um, you know, you know branded fridges in, in convenience stores, samples, cardboard signs, uh, light, light signs in shop windows, people doing promotions, more and more interactive screens. And, and there's really a lot. 
And we are basically creating the next generation offering for them. Yeah? So ultimately, it's to try to help uh, the, the retailers of those big brands to be successful in capturing online to offline traffic, generate revenues through that, and um, then also generate uh, revenues for, for the brand itself. And, and what I like is that that's really a true win-win situation and um, everybody is uh, very aligned uh, on, on the goals. And um, besides then, there's some, some more benefits for brands where it's really how do you continue your branding on a local level? You know, because we see that a lot of the big brands are spending a ton of money really on uh, digital nationwide or even global campaigns. Uh, but, but then, you know, when you take out your smartphone and you search for them now, you find stores that are really not so on par with that. Yeah? And what's the influence that you can have on that to, to not really have consumers uh, drop out at the very end of the conversion funnel? Yeah? And, and so it's, it's really uh, how are local stores representing your brand? What kind of influence can you maybe um, have on that directly by helping them with uh, the Nemi brand experience? Um, and how can you indirectly help them by simply providing them with the tools to get this right? If you are like a medium-sized brand um, and, and you're selling in a couple of, of, of stores, I mean, what, what, what would be the services that you provide me with? Is it uh, like, is it shop directories or uh, what, what else uh, can, I, can I get from you if I'm, if I'm a brand that's interested in, in uh, you know, getting my local experience in a, in a better way? Yeah, um, I mean, shop directories is something that we do. There's, uh, for example, a really, really nice project with uh, our partners from, from Schwarzkopf, the beauty brand who has uh, this very, very nice uh, salon finder product where they really, um, through their website, uh, generate leads for local stores, which is cool. But then what we also do is, um, and there's, there's various configurations of that really, um, what we do is that we, um, through the brand, provide basic services to all the retailers selling their products or services. And, and then, you know, there's various models where uh, the brand also makes use of that reach for uh, branded campaigns where the brand sponsors um, some, some more access to, uh, let, let's say, you know, even higher value functionality on our platform to that or uh, simply provides special deals for their retailers uh, to get into our platform and, and do a lot of cool things themselves. I mean, so far what, what we've talked about has been mainly um, how you help people or businesses to, to benefit from, from the NUMI searches that exist anyway. I mean, that, that are drive that are growing as we as we've just heard and that very likely will continue to grow um but but it's it's more kind of you you tap into something what's what's there and and you but you recently also launched um, um an active kind of advertising product how is that different or how does it complement what what you guys are doing uh, or what you guys have, have been doing so far and and who's kind of using that product and and, and what are kind of what can you expect uh, from from a more act, active advertising product and what does it add to what, what you guys do already? <laughs> yeah, so exactly. Right at the beginning of the year, right before Corona hit, we released a performance advertising product called Near Me Ads. And it's very complementary to, to everything that we do for sure. And it's also, I want to point that out, a new advertising format. So it's not just, hey, the guys from Overall are doing paid search now as well, but um, we really looked at uh, what's the role of performance uh, advertising 
again, you know, in the in the near me customer cycle, near me search customer cycle, and um, what what is it that that really you know delivers value to local businesses? So we target a near me audience only. It's about what's the right audience at the right time with the right message and information, and so we came to. And at the moment, really boiling it down to three ad formats that are meant to generate leads and in-store traffic. And that's through getting people to call your business. So to book an appointment, to get a consultation, to reserve a table, to get consumers to navigate to your business through their mobile devices. So really as part of an ad, click, cool, please navigate me here. And finally, to locally advertise the inventory that you have in store um, so that people can and basically, you know, when they, I know that's one, one, one of your uh, early projects, uh, you know, when, when people buy, want to buy, are close to buying shoes at Zalando, yeah, maybe see that they can get the same pair of, of yellow sneakers also just around the corner uh, in their size and, and right away. Uh, and the benefits are that, that it really works out of the box at scale for chains and in a few clicks ready really in a minute, which is super important for small businesses. So we are really um, you know, having, again, customers on, on both segments. And um, one, one thing that's super important uh, with reasonable, reasonable per location budgets. Uh, and I, I think what you've seen is that in, in the last years and when it, when it comes to small businesses doing stuff online, the whole search engine optimization part that we've been speaking about before um, has been skipped and, and people jumped right away to let's create a performance funnel. Yeah, maybe because for e-commerce uh, that was already the case, everybody is doing um, SEO, um, let's be better at performance. Yeah? Um, and however, I, I think that's not the way to go. As one, you need to really have a good basis and control over what it is that people are seeing when they when they you know click an ad and then are again you know deciding about if they want to interact with your business and and two because uh, usually you know if you have like a small ad agency and they are working on this for you be it as a chain with many locations or as a small business with really few or only one location on a per location basis that usually means that um, you know you need to spend really high budgets of let's say you know a thousand bucks a month to to also justify a fee that makes it worthwhile for for agents to work on this we can do this fully automated though yeah as we know so many details about the locations that are advertising and as we can rely on a vast amount of information about local search behavior even specific for industries and geographies and so for us it's really and i i also very much like that flow um that you want to create a campaign and, and you choose which kind of format you want to create. And then you suggest everything from, from creative to, to categories, to keywords and so on and so on. And if you do not want to do more, you literally only have to select a budget per location per day, uh, which for a small business also works nicely. If they say, Hey, you know what? I want to try this out with five euros a day and I spend 150 bucks a month and I see if I can generate business through that. And, and then you click the button and you're online. Yeah. And um, what, what's happening is that we for sure then also can deliver all the KPIs on what's the return on investment uh, that you really have on the campaigns. Are you generating leads? Are you creating more business in your local business um, through, through simply spending ad budget? Yeah. And uh, in a I would say, I mean, it's not that 150 bucks is no money, but in a relatively risk-free approach. 
Yeah. Yeah. Can you can you talk a little bit about um, and uh, because uh, one one big thing or one big problem in the past um, of you know trying to kind of manage campaigns in a proper way and, and establish uh, the ROI has been the the kind of uh, you know the silo kind of problem between you do online advertising or digital advertising whether it's on a mobile or on a desktop and then the problem to track whether people are actually going to a store um, or visit a location. And, and, and I mean, there have been products introduced uh, by, by Google trying to, to solve that and, and also other players in the, in the field. How reliable is that to your, uh, to your, from, from your experience? I mean, also using, using this product, can the loop kind of really be closed here in a, in a, in a reasonable and, and, and reliable way? Um, yeah, so, so the short answer is yeah. So <laughs> I, I mean, I mean we, are, we are working closely with um, currently Facebook and, and Google on, on those advertising products. And at the moment, we advertise on Google Search, Google Maps, uh, Facebook and Instagram. And uh, for sure, there's, there's more platforms uh, that we can and probably will add to the mix, but we really want get, to um, get the metrics right. Yeah? And uh, as soon, I, I have to say that for everybody who's as... Uh, as aware of anything that's you know maybe critical with regards to privacy as I am so as, as soon as there is um, a significant number of of transactions happening and interactions with ads happening uh, we get really cool statistics um, that we that we actually can compose a little bit of what we get back from the advertising platforms and also what we get back from the local search environment so that we can really see uh, how many people, uh, saw your profiles through ads, how many people interacted with that, what did they click on, uh, what, what interaction did they, did they choose, so did they call, did they navigate. And I mean, even on a, on a campaign that's meant to generate calls, we see that people are simply navigating directly to businesses. Um, some, some are still taking what I would mostly consider the detour through websites. Yeah, but, but we have very good data about that, even about, you know, how long are these calls? Um, is somebody picking up on the other end, which for some chains has been really interesting to understand. And, and then to who's ending up in store. Yeah, and uh, the, the, the secret to this is obviously, again, you know, that we all have um, a tracking device, which is uh, our mobile phones. In, in our pocket and through that yeah, simply leave a lot of data um, and, and I think you know in, in this case it helps us to to really provide store visit metrics and I, I think that's super interesting but I, I also want to say you know while while I feel uh, that, that I mean I'm super happy about how that has developed in the last years and what we can show now um, funnily enough especially in in the local space um, everybody has this expectation on how to understand your your funnel yeah, in organic and inorganic however i i mean the the replacements yeah, which is you know advertising on on billboards and in newspapers and yellow pages and brochures that you uh, drop into the mailbox yeah, mostly also do not deliver you these kind of things and, and yet there is so crazy much money being spent on that mm. yeah. that's true that's actually the, the, the problem for for new things being introduced uh, they're, they're questioned often in a, in a very tough kind of rigid ROI type of way while uh, you know advertising spending in the offline world often happens 
in the millions without having a yeah, decent but, understanding. But, you know, yeah. I mean, we, we, are, we are super fine to, to also speak about ROI and uh, we have very, very, I mean, I, I really like to, to also name some, some unexpected cases, yeah, which is not the restaurant chains. And uh, so we have, uh, for example, one cool project with a chain of parking garages. Yeah? Um, and, and I mean, how much money do you spend in a parking garage? You know, maybe 10 bucks on average, let's say. Um, but but they have a 2.5x ROI on the money that they spend with us versus the revenue that they make. Yeah? Or um, even uh, pre-crisis, but but now uh, really happening. So so still there's some some beneficiaries um, also during Corona. Uh, we are working with a company that does meal delivery. Yeah, and and they even have a 5x ROI on on the the Nimi ads campaigns yeah? and. Um, so, so we, we can really see that. And, um, what, what I like is that as soon as, and I mean, I, I know I'm, I'm preaching to the choir here. You are, you are, uh, you know, a marketing veteran when it comes to that, but, um, as soon as people see these KPIs, yeah, they are willing to invest. And, and so we've also done a number of cases where we really started, um, you know, with um, 20 locations of a larger chain, ran campaigns, and then you see, and I mean, for sure, you can also tweak here and there a little bit what are the formats that you choose. And um, then you see KPIs that are worthwhile uh, to yeah, just roll that out to, to a whole franchise system. Yeah? And um, then, you know, on the flip side, uh, we can really prove that there is value. And uh, yeah, that makes a lot of conversations you know, a lot, lot easier. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, makes makes uh, makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah, we've uh, basically uh, have to come to an end now uh, of our of our podcast. But um, basically, just um, a final word from you. Um, uh, basically, also on on the company itself. Um, you you've been around now for um, yeah eight years now. Eight yeah eight nine years and. Uh, Uh, you've grown internationally, uh, like almost to to a global kind of footprint, probably except except China. So uh, basically, how much longer is uh, will, will, will you basically progress on this path, or what, is, what are going to be the next steps for a company like Uberall? I mean, have like what part of your mission have you achieved already, and and what are the next kind of steps, or what's coming next? Yeah, um, and, and you expect a very short answer on that, right? Um, <laughs> so, um, I, I mean, in short, uh, look, I've, I've always had the situation that if you had asked me three years ago um, what what I do if I if I am in my shoes right now, I would have had a feeling of okay, I, I think we accomplished most that we wanted to accomplish. Yeah, but now the perspective has grown so much again, and. We are servicing a bit more than a million businesses around the world, but you know there's, depending whom you ask, um, 150 to 200 million local businesses that I think need our services. Yeah? And okay, just so you're less than one percent done. Yeah? Exactly, less less than one yeah. percent done. And and at, at the same time, you know, I, I think we are on the brink of you know what's what's called crossing the chasm. So so really um, getting getting more to people that, that are not the early adopters and uh, that understand the value that we can deliver to, to their marketing and customer relationship management. Yeah? And um, what, what we've been doing and what we continue to do is to, to really be the catalyst for the overall ecosystem and make sure that everything um, that, that this ecosystem of Nemi Search offers to 
local businesses, be it with self-owned stores or, you know, be it for brands who offer stuff in, in the real world, yeah, that it is available to them uh, in, in the best possible way. Cool. I think there's uh, still lots to do and uh, a vision that, uh, you know, leaves a lot of room uh, to, to grow still. Uh, so thanks a lot for, for all the insights. And if you have any questions to Florian after this, or if you want to get in touch with him, Just contact me uh, or project or at project A at podcast at project um, dash a dot com or, or me personally florian.heinemann at project dash a dot com. Um, we'll pass on all the the messages or requests uh, and uh, try to help you. Yeah. Uh, also, we, LinkedIn yeah. or email to florian at uberall dot com. Highly welcome. <laughs> that's good so uh, thanks a lot for listening in and uh, hopefully we'll see uh, or he you'll hear us uh, in, the, in the next episode thanks a lot we hope you enjoyed our podcast if you did how about you subscribe on Spotify and or iTunes and give us a rating